0: Greetings, this is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, and I'm your oldie host, John Lovering. You know, when someone starts posting a series on an old-time radio podcast, they should keep adding to the series to complete it, if they have access to the recordings to do so. Sometimes we have too many series posted, and it's difficult to remember to keep up to date, so to speak, and I'm guilty of that as well. But that said, I am aware that it can be an issue, especially for fans who particularly like a series and anxiously await the next episode. So on this track, I will add two more episodes of The Adventures of Marco Polo, episodes 9 and 10. Adapted for radio from the travels of Marco Polo, written back in the late 1200s, yes, you heard that correctly, the late 1200s. The radio adaptation was produced and starred George Edwards' an incredible vocal talent from Australia, where he first released the series in the late 1930s and early 1940s. It was very popular in Australia and soon found its way to radio stations all over the planet when the recordings were shipped out on 16-inch platters or transcription discs, as they were called. So with no further delay, here is The Adventures of Marco Polo, Episode 8, A Journey to China, followed by Episode 10, A Warning from the Khan of Persia. The two episodes will be separated by a brief musical interlude. Thank you for listening. Your support is much appreciated.
1: We now present, The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo returned to Venice with his father and uncle and servant. On arrival there, he expressed his reluctance at the idea of taking a journey to China. He stated his intentions of marrying Giuliana Vecchi and settling in Venice. Marco Polo's father was disappointed at his son's attitude. He tried to reason with him, but in vain. His uncle, Mafio, dubbed him a worthless young scoundrel. Eventually, Marco Polo went to Giuliana Vecchi's home, but he was deeply hurt when she told him that she was to wed another man on the following day. Stunned by the news, Marco Polo left the house, stepped into his gondola, and bade the gondolier to take him over the waterways. For hours, the gondola went on and on through all the waterways of Venice. At last night fell and a jewel sky shone down over the gleaming waters, and the gondolier protested, and Marco Polo went to his home. Slowly, he opened the door, entered, and called for his servant, Benno.
0: Benno.
2: Benno. Where are you? I'm
3: here, Master Marco. For hours I have been awaiting your return.
1: Where is my father?
3: He is in his room, making ready for his journey tomorrow. Where does he go? He goes to Rome to tell the Pope that at last he is going to China, and to ask the Holy Father for messages for the great Khan.
2: So my father will go to China as the Pope's
3: envoy? He will. That is indeed a great honor, Master Marco.
2: A very great honor. Where is my Uncle Matthew? He has retired to his bed. Have I brought dishonor on my family, Benno? Uh,
3: it is not for me to judge you, Master Marco.
2: Does my father seek to force me to journey to China with him? Your
3: father is sadly disappointed in you. He dubs me a coward, an idler. And those are his words, not mine. In your heart of hearts, that is what you think, Beno. Now come, admitted man. You are my master. Are you ashamed of me? I think you waste your life. You will find no happiness in marriage with Giuliana Vecchi. Oh... I beg your pardon, Master Marco. I, I should not have said
2: that. You are quite right, Benno. I will find no happiness in marriage with Juliana Vecchi. Do you look forward to this journey to China?
3: Oh, there will be many adventures, many dangers, and many hardships, but, well, mayhap, I will be transported to paradise again. You will miss me on the journey, Benno. Oh, sadly, Master Marco. I
2: will come with you to China, Benno. Well, You have changed your mind? I have been a fool. I go now to tell my father that I have changed my mind. Oh,
3: Master Marco, Master Marco, I am overjoyed. And you will bring great happiness to your father's heart.
2: I have already caused him great sadness. But I will make atonement. Ah, I will make that atonement gladly. Enter. Oh, it is you, Marco. Yes, father. I'm going to Rome in the morning. I will leave early. Benno said that you were going to seek audience with the Pope. Benno spoke the truth. As I'm leaving early, I desire to retire now. I will speak with you before I go. I desire to speak with you now. I have nothing to say to you, Marco. You're unworthy of the name of Polo. Father, I'm coming to China with you. What words are these? My name is Marco Polo. I come of a family of adventurers, courageous traders. It is my duty to go with you to China. What of the lady of your heart? What of her? Tomorrow she weds Antonio Muretti. So, you have been disappointed in love, my son, and now you would pose as a hero. Marco, you are not a man. You cannot make sacrifices. You are a sad disappointment to me. Your uncle and I will make this historic journey to China We will be the first white men to penetrate that great land, to make obeisance to the Kublai Khan. You will remain here in safety and security. Oh, no, father. Do not punish me thus. You need a strong young man to help you. Did I not help you before? That is my decision, Marco. We want no cowards on this trip. You shall not say that I am a coward. Did I not prove my bravery? Did you not also prove your selfishness? I say that you are not coming on this journey. Oh, father, will you not change your mind? I will not. Your Uncle Mafio and I are ready to face any dangers, to make any sacrifices, so that we may contribute to the greatness of Venice. You wish to come with us to avoid a broken heart, to hide your disappointment that Giuliana will not wed you. That is not true. I think it is the truth. Go, my son. I have nothing more to say to you. Oh, father. I can only ask... Your forgiveness. You have my forgiveness. I bid you good night. May we speak further on this matter when you return from Rome? I cannot alter my decision.
1: The next morning, Niccolò Polo commenced on his journey to Rome. On arrival there, he was granted an audience with the Pope. The Holy Father was delighted to receive messages from the Khan of Persia, and he bade Niccolopolo to attempt to spread the gospel of Christianity throughout the land of China. He gave him gifts and messages for the great Kublai Khan. Then eventually Niccolopolo returned to Venice, and preparations were made for the great journey to China. Goods were selected for trading purposes, piles of precious materials were packed, maps were studied, and soon all was in readiness. On the night before he left, Niccolò Polo attended a great banquet given in his honor by the Doge of Venice. All the notables of Venice were invited to attend this banquet, and amongst them was Marco Polo. The young man sat at the foot of the table, gloomy, moody, ashamed, and disappointed. The Doge proposed the toast to Niccolò and Mafio, and after the toast was spoken, Mafio Polo rose to make his response.
3: Gentlemen, all silence for Master Mafio Polo.
4: Most excellent and noble Doge, and gentlemen of our fair Republic of Venice, I rise to thank you for the kind words which you have said. As you know, my brother and I have dedicated our lives to the service of Venice. We start tomorrow on our long and perilous journey to the great land of China. God grant that we will return, and I know that the name of Polo will never be forgotten as long as Venice is Venice.
2: Benno, Benno, to me, to me. Master? Yes. I was standing behind your chair. Before my father speaks, ask silence for me.
3: I would wish the travellers farewell. Oh, but your father is the next to speak. You have no right to speak, Master
2: Marco. Obey, obey oh. your orders, man. Quick, call for silence for me. Uh, uh,
3: uh, crave silence for Master Marco Polo. Marco, it is
2: Marco. your father's right to speak. Marco, be seated. I will be heard. Most excellent doge, gentlemen of Venice. I thank you for what you have said of my father and my uncle. They leave tomorrow on a long and perilous journey. I have been on one journey with them. I know the perils they have to face, but I did not go freely on that journey. I was forced to go. I was a craven, selfish, idle man, and because of my cowardice, because of my selfishness, I am deprived from going on this great journey to China, a land which no white man has ever penetrated. My uncle and my father go to face danger. They leave me to guard over their interests. I would have you know that... I'm a disgrace to the name of Polo. It is my punishment that I must remain at home while these men go to face danger. I pray that God will watch over them, that they will return safely, and that if ever they are in need of aid, they will find some way to send me a message to go to their aid, to make atonement. That is all Marco Polo has to say. Pray silence for Master Niccolò Polo. Most excellent doge, gentlemen of Venice. You have found it in your hearts to say words of kindness and encouragement to my brother and to me. For those words, I thank you. You have wished us well on this long and perilous journey. For those wishes, I thank you. As my brother has told you, our lives are dedicated to making Venice the greatest nation the world has ever known, to bringing riches to the coffers of the people of Venice, to hoist the flag of the Republic in far-flung lands. I am proud of what I have already done. This shall be my greatest path, And my brother and I look forward to making obeisance to the great Kublai Khan of China. Mayhap we will not return. You will know that we have sought to do our duty. The Holy Father has blessed me and given me several messages for the great Khan. These messages will be delivered. May God bless our republic and may the name of Polo be forever on it. Gentlemen, I do not resume my seat because I have something further to say. You have heard a brief speech from my son, Marco. You have heard of his shame, and he was bold enough, brave enough, and courageous enough to admit his sin. By that admission, he has made atonement, and I shall now permit Marco Polo to sail with us for China on the morrow.
1: There was great rejoicing throughout Venice the next day and the doge and the councillors bade farewell to the three men. The doge and the councillors were on a gaily-coloured barge, and they cheered and sang as Niccolò Polo's vessel started on her journey. Marco Polo stood with his father and his uncle at the bow of the vessel, waving goodbye to their friends and looking forward with light hearts to the great task that lay before them. The vessel made good speed to the port of Beirut. Then bearers were engaged, and the little party started their journey overland to Yasti, ...the capital of Persia. This time the journey was made without any untoward events... ...and eventually they arrived at the gates of the Persian capital. Here they were given a great reception. Splendidly attired soldiers greeted them... ...and accompanied them to the palace of the Khan. They were led into the great throne room... ...where the Khan was waiting to receive them.
2: So you men from the west have kept your promise... I give you greeting. I extend the hand of friendship to you. I thank you, mighty Khan. We have returned to carry out our promise. And we bring gifts to you from His Holiness, the Pope. My greetings to the Holy Father. It is earnest wish that you allow the religion of Christianity to be taught to your people. We will not speak of that matter. You will be housed here in my palace, given every comfort, every attention, every luxury. I thank you for your hospitality. My companions will now give you greetings. Greetings, mighty Khan. We are happy to be at your court. I am happy to have you. Greetings, mighty Khan. We have lived to enjoy your hospitality, but soon we will leave to carry out our great intention of being the first white men to enter China. That is madness. It has been sworn by my brother, the great Kublai Khan, that no white man shall ever enter China.
1: We now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo was forbidden to accompany his father and his uncle to China. The young man was bitterly disappointed, but he realized the justice of his father's decision. The night before the Polos sailed from Venice, the Doge gave a great banquet in their honor, and many complimentary speeches were made. Marco Polo spoke and told of his deep shame and mortification at not being allowed to accompany his father and his uncle on their historic journey to China, a land which no white man had ever entered. Then Niccolò Polo, the father of Marco Polo, relented, and he announced that his son would accompany him on his journey. Eventually the voyages started, and without undue incident they arrived at Yosti, the capital of Persia. There they were given royal greeting by the Khan of Persia, but he astounded them by saying, that the great Kublai Khan would allow no white man to enter China.
2: But, Most High, did you not bid us return here so that we could accompany a beautiful woman to China? You said she was to become the wife of the great Kublai Khan. You bade us return so that we could accompany this woman to China. I know, but I have since communicated with my brother Kublai Khan. And he says that although he is anxious to set eyes on this woman, he can wait until I send some of my soldiers to accompany her on the journey. He wants no white men in his land. Most High, you made me a promise. When I enabled your soldiers to defeat the old man of the mountain, you swore that you would bestow any gift on me, any gift which I cared to name. I did make that promise? Then I beg that you keep that promise. Let my father, my uncle, and myself accompany this woman to China. I would do that willingly, Marco Polo. But I have no desire to send you to your doom. If we go to China, we do so at our own risk, mighty Khan. My brother Kublai Khan has told me that he will slay any white man who comes to his land. Would it be gratitude if I sent you to certain death? You made us a promise, noble Khan. I beg that you keep that promise. Are you all decided in spite of what I have said that you will go to China? I am willing to go to China. My heart is set on going there. I am ready to go to China now. If I made a promise, I must keep it. You are three determined and courageous men. But I warn you, my brother Kublai Khan is a fierce and determined warrior. He has made himself the greatest Khan in the world. He slays all whom he considers his enemies. Knowing that, we are still anxious to go to China. We go on a peaceful mission. And we beg that you allow us to accompany this princess who is to wed Kublai Khan. So be it, my friends. It is not for me to try to shake your determination... You shall have one of my captains and six of my soldiers as an escort. The princess will be carried by four bearers in a silken litter. You will be responsible for her welfare. Take you this ruby ring, Niccolò Polo. Place it on your finger. If you are in danger, show those who threaten you this ring. But I doubt whether it will be effective. That is all I can do for you. I thank you. We are willing to risk our lives. We will try to persuade Kublai Khan... ...that we shall be his friends. May we see the princess whom we are to escort to China. You shall see her now. She will wear a gossamer veil over her face. But I warn you... ...the only man who is entitled to raise that veil... ...is the great Kublai Khan... ...the man who is to be her husband. But even through the gossamer veil... ...you will be able to see her matchless beauty. Let the princess Zilala be brought before me... ...and let Captain Naidu come with her. Now, my friends... Be seated. The princess will soon enter. Captain Naidu will accompany you on this perilous journey to China. Bring wine and meat for the guests of the Khan of Persia. Refresh yourselves, my friends. You will rest here a few days before you undertake your journey. We will rest here a few days, noble Khan. The road to China is not free from robbers and scoundrels. You may encounter a fierce tribe of men called the Coronas. They are dark-skinned scoundrels and makers of magic. Many times have I tried to defeat them, but always have I failed. Uh, tell us something of these Coronas, so that we may be on our guard. And what magic do they make, O Most High? On the journey to China, you will have to cross the plain of Kianmen. This is a dry and arid waste of land, and at certain seasons of the year there are fierce, heat-laden winds. Those winds whip up a thick dust, thicker than any fog, so that the eye cannot see more than a few feet. Out of that dust-laden fog come the Coronas. And it is said that they cause these dust storms so that they can creep upon their enemies unawares. When the dust is thick, when the heat is intolerable, be on guard against the Coronas. We will be on our guard. I cannot give you more than six soldiers as an escort. They are men well-skilled in the art of warfare, well-trained in the use of the bow and the arrow. Princess Zelana comes now. Have you ever seen such grace of form and figure, my friends? Come, Zilana. These are the men from the West of whom I have spoken. They will escort you to China. But, Most High, did you not say that it was unsafe for these men to go to China? I have told them that, but they are brave and resolute men. They will go with you to China. You will be in their charge. You will be leaving in a few days. Most noble princess... I swear that our lives will be dedicated to taking you safely to the great palace of Kublai Khan. You are kind, sir. Come forward, Captain Nado. These men from the west are my friends. You will journey with them to China, taking six of your men. You will guard over them and treat their lives as you would treat all friends of your Khan. I will obey, most noble Khan.
4: But will six men be enough to guard the princess and your friends on this arduous journey? Enough to fight off the attacks
2: of the Coronas? I can spare no other men. Come, Zelana, be seated. Speak with the men from the West. I must express my admiration of your bravery, Princess. Only a brave woman would undertake this arduous journey. I will be well guarded, noble sir. I swear to that. With my life, I shall defend you. <coughs> Bravely spoken. Uh, now, Zilana, you may withdraw. I will tell you when the journey is to commence... And remember, you are the promised bride of the great Kubla Khan. And he alone has the right to raise that veil and look upon your face. I will remember that. Go now. I wish to speak with my friends. Captain Naidu. you will bring a map and discuss the road which you will take. I will be glad to discuss that with Captain Naidu. We have already made certain plans, but he will know more about this journey
4: than we do. I have been many times to China, sir. I will tell you of my scheme that we will have to be on our guard night and day. It is no easy task which you are undertaking.
2: Aye, we know that. We are prepared to face any risks, any dangers. Forget about your journey now. Captain Nadu will make all arrangements for it. You will eat, drink and be merry with me, my friends.
1: For several days the Polos stayed at the palace of the Khan of Persia. Then at last they were ready to depart on their journey. By orders of the Khan, the entire population of Yazdi had been gathered together to bid farewell to the travellers. A great crowd gathered near the city gates, veiled Persian women jostled with bearded men trying to look at the intrepid adventurers. Just prior to their departure from the palace, Niccolo, Mafio and Beno were waiting for Marco.
4: There is Marco he knows that we're ready to depart look there is the litter of the princess being carried
2: down the steps of the palace oh the princess is not yet in the litter see the silken curtains are raised perhaps she is taking farewell of the Khan. but Marco should be here he knows we're ready to leave oh Benno do you know where he can be found Uh, well master he he will be here soon that is no answer Benno I asked you if you knew where the Master Marco can be found.
3: No doubt he is on his way to us now, Master Niccolo. Benno.
4: my brother asked you a question and you evaded the answer. Where is Master Marco? Come now, let us have a truthful answer.
3: Oh, Master Marco will not keep us waiting very much longer. That is not an answer to my question, Benno.
2: Where is Marco? Did someone mention my name? Marco, where have you been? We are ready to depart. Crowds are waiting at the gates of the city. The Khan wishes to bid us farewell. Well, I did not leave the palace. Benno knows where you've been. And noble Benno kept his peace and did not tell. It was a hard task, Master Marco. Marco, will you tell me where you've been? I have been talking with the princess Silana. Her litter has been carried to the foot of the palace steps. She is ready to leave now. We had much to talk about. I was telling her of some of the wonders of the Western world. Ah, You've been spending too much time with the princess lately. The Khan does not like it. Remember, Marco... She is the promised bride of the great Kublai Khan. And she is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen. But she wears a gossamer
4: veil, Marco. How can you tell the princess is beautiful?
2: The veil is transparent. She has a voice like a cooing dove. White fluttering hands that have clutched my heart. Marco, we are about to undertake a perilous journey to China. We have won the friendship of the Khan of Persia. Would you imperil our lives by philandering with the promised bride of the great Kublai Khan? If you speak with her again, I shall send you back to Venice. Oh, father, father. We cannot undertake this great journey in silence. I must be polite to the princess.
4: Ah, you will bring us all to our deaths,
2: Marco. Oh, be of good cheer, Uncle Mafio. We will arrive in China safely. And the princess will prove a pleasant companion. Marco... I pray that you listen to me. I am worried. You must not pay so much attention to the princess. She is a lady of royal rank, and she has been placed under my charge for this journey. I must relieve the tedium of the journey for her. Now, now come, come, smile. Our cherished dream is about to come true. All the trumpets have sounded. That means that the time has come for our departure. The princess is about to step into her litter. Then come, my friends. We start on the last and most dangerous stage of our journey to China.